research has been undertaken into the role of the Chief Strategy Officer, CSO, that is, the determination of what a CSO does. This contrasts with many other professions that include medicine, engineering, law, and accounting. As specialists in strategy practice, the Strategic Management Institute, SMI, the research arm of Paul Hunter Strategy and Leadership has evolved a representation of the role of the CSO. It is based on raw experience in the field, empirical research, and conclusions drawn from corporate strategy-specific publications. Findings are underpinned by content contained in the book's Corporate Strategy Remastered, Volumes 1 and 2. As an example of the rigor of our research, the theme of Corporate Strategy Remastered is grounded in the work of the father of strategy, Igor Ansoff. Ansoff's book, simply titled Corporate Strategy, was first published in 1965. While a description of the role of the CSO is described here, the questions that were asked by the SMI are, how does our definition of the role of the CSO compare with the theoretical perspective? What are the gaps? A comparison is presented in this podcast where it will be a surprise for many to learn that one critical component of the CSO's role is missing from formal job descriptions, even though its existence is vital to the long-term survival of many corporations. The SMI's reinterpreted version of the practice of corporate strategy describes a methodology that is referred to as third-wave strategy, with a focus on practice over theory. The methodology is made up of four key elements. First is an acknowledgement of a recognition of the interests of all stakeholders in the corporation, not just shareholders. Second is the design of a dynamic and integrated strategy system. Third is an awareness of cognitive behaviors in strategy practice. Fourth is a recognition and treatment of the conduct of strategy practice at the level of a profession. Observations gleaned from research referred to previously provided the SMI with an understanding and appreciation of the essentials of corporate strategy practices and by definition, the role of the CSO. It is important to note that while the role of the CSO is encapsulated within a convenient matrix, there is no one right or wrong quadrant and, in all likelihood, the CSO will occupy all four quadrants at any time, conceivably all on the same day. It is important to understand, too, that the basis for the matrix is its horizontal and vertical axis. They consist of the two elements of inside-out, a resource, core competence-based perspective of strategy practice, versus an outside-in, market-oriented perspective. Each are supplemented with the degree of responsiveness to strategic change which the SMI has recognized as being adaptive or inventive in nature. To clarify, an adaptive strategic change, a response, is adopted by an organization provoked into an action that is the outcome of an expected, or unexpected external, or internal stimulus that occurs beyond its control, thereby initiating programs of survival, in contrast, an invented strategic change. An act the SMI refers to as a prospons is introduced on terms that are within the firm's control and are evoked as a result of a deliberate intent to positively challenge or disrupt an organization's future strategic trajectory, thereby initiating programs of survival and growth. 
content contained in each of the quadrant of the CSO matrix is described as follows. 1. Captain-in-waiting. With an emphasis on adaptation, this quadrant is focused on the development of responses to changes in resources and markets. Success in this role will be dependent on a capacity to solve wicked strategic problems, and an ability to exert sufficient influence over two key groups to deliver substantive change. The first group is the stakeholders, those responsible for implementing solutions to those wicked problems. The second group is the customers, those who expect the stakeholders to do their job properly. The CSO may not tackle all these issues on their own, most likely they will initiate and lead a team made up of the right people to work on the problem together. Those most adept at this function are well placed to fill the role of CEO, should that be their ambition. Examples of wicked problems include the conduct of strategically aligned cost reduction and downsizing programs, the identification and preparation of disruptive, business growth strategies and the preparation of responses to aggressive competitors. An example of such an individual is Tufan Urgen Biljik, recently appointed CEO of Rolls-Royce, a manufacturer of aircraft engines, marine propulsion systems, and power generation systems in the UK. Urgen Biljik made some controversial observations about the company following his appointment, they were picked up and reported in the Financial Times, the gist of which was his observation that in his view, one particular division of Rolls-Royce was a burning platform because it has so many problems. Fortunately for all Rolls-Royce stakeholders, Urgen Biljik is confident he has all the answers. No one it seems is expecting Urgen Biljik to be talking about disruptive new strategies at this stage of his tour of duty at Rolls-Royce. 2. Steward. With a grounding in adaptation and a penchant for invention, CSOs in this role will be responsible for the development of short-term responses to internal challenges that are usually predictable, and within their control. They are also encouraged to challenge the unknown through the identification of, and participation in, new opportunities in new markets and, or existing markets, the degree of control over resources along with the flexibility in control over any adverse fallout from market exploration ensures limited exposure to risk. Where the CSO is vulnerable however is where events beyond their control, those within the higher level external environment, industries and beyond, arise. Examples of occurrences in this sphere include sudden changes in economic conditions, emerging instability in geopolitical circles, and emerging threats and opportunities from the digitalization of technology. The Australian mining conglomerate BHP is in this position. BHP has realized immense success in the steady prospecting and extraction of core commodities such as oil, gas, copper, coal, and iron ore, over many years. The company is now in the process of transforming to a supplier of renewable energy and high-demand rare minerals, at a pace that is slow enough to remain well within their control. BHP is on continual lookout for new mineral resources and new companies to acquire, the latest being mineral-rich, as minerals. 3. Pioneer. With an emphasis on cautious invention, an exemplar of the pioneer category is the late Steve Jobs. In founding Apple, 
Jobs is quoted as saying you can't expect customers to know what they want. Starting from the time-honored source of high-tech entrepreneurship, the home garage, Jobs built one of the most successful companies in history. He did this through the continual invention and reinvention of well-designed products which its customers, who could be found in every market category, could not resist. For the typical CSO, one leading a reasonably steady company with a lot of history and potentially one on a maturing trajectory, the spirit of pioneer must be reinvigorated or at least, kept alive. The CSO as pioneer must build on the enterprising spirit and values of the company founders to find new markets for new and existing resources. New resources for existing and new markets, or a combination of both, that responsibility can be exercised at a cognitive level at the least, and in a hands-on capacity when appropriate. To satisfy both requirements, the CSO will likely be the leader of the resource invention process, a task that must incorporate pathways to implementation. Activities here are as basic as leading the development of new ideas from digitalization, or the development of responses to change in societal behaviors, in a hands-on role the CSO will take the lead in strategy formulation and the oversight of implementation. Amazon is another high-tech company that exhibits attributes of pioneering. Not only when it was a startup, but also in establishing satellite businesses. Amazon Web Services, AWS, is an example. It is a subsidiary of Amazon that evolved out of the parent company's core, AWS provides on-demand cloud computing platforms to individuals, companies, and governments on a global scale. Today, AWS is said to contribute over 50% of Amazon's operating income. Amazon has never swayed from its entrepreneurial, pioneering spirit. Founder and past CEO, Jeff Bezos was driven by a belief in continual renewal. Although satisfied with Amazon's successful launch, an elongated period he refers to as day one, he was keen to get the message out that he regarded day two as stasis, followed by irrelevance. There is never going to be a loss of pioneering spirit at Amazon, not if he has anything to do with it anyway. 4. Crusader. With a predominant focus on disruptive growth of reinvention and renewal, and a strong influence of pro-sponsive invention in both resources and markets, the CSO as Crusader is responsible for the identification, articulation, and justification for the launch of high-level, strategic disruptions, and organization-wide transformation. In contrast to pioneers, Crusaders are able to leverage an entire corporate resource set and thereby create an enviable and inimitable presence in new market spaces. This could involve the evolution of new, dynamic market systems altogether. In this capacity, an alignment of the office of the CSO and the internal organizational learning function will pay huge dividends, if not physically, then at least spiritually. An organizational learning function that engages in systems thinking, a capacity to see the whole picture, has often been cited as a critical key to success. As discussed in the book titled Corporate Universities, Mars Corporation is reported to have relied on its organizational learning function to lead a corporate transformation through restructuring, in the mid-2000s. Similarly, in the book Chocolate Fortunes, 
the author explains how Mars organizational learning function played a key role in the successful launch of the Mars confectionery division into the Chinese market, also in the mid-2000s. The results were impressive. The restructuring positioned the company for substantive growth. Sales in China doubled between 2003 and 2005. In the future, forces of change from sources such as the rise of digital technology, changes in geopolitical influences and new societal attitudes, to name a few, will force the majority of corporations to engage in highly aggressive and disruptive transformations. Expect the enormity of these to require many more resources than the efforts of a learning function alone. While the foregoing provides useful insight from a theoretical perspective, the SMI thought it would be more convincing if that theory were compared to practice. In order to do that, the SMI reviewed the recruitment advertisements for the role of the CSO in the job section of the LinkedIn social media platform. The objective was to identify common responsibilities that were listed as a feature of the role of the chief strategy officer, as described in the job description included in each of the advertisements reviewed. The analysis focused on the mature markets of Australia, the regions of Greater London UK, San Francisco USA, and New York USA. In all, 18 advertisements were analyzed and tested by measuring the frequency of use of key terms such as transformation, plan, grow, drive, manage, partner, support, project and 45 other generic strategy terms. The analysis of the most frequently used words resulted in the identification of three of the four primary roles used to describe the role of the CSO referred to previously in this podcast. Three of the four elements of the role of the CSO were readily evident in the job descriptions. 41% of words used pointed to a need for a pioneer. 30% pointed to the role of steward and 29% to the role of problem solver. There was however, little requirement apparent for the appointment of a crusader. To some extent that is understandable. In contemporary business environments, risk is closely monitored and managed, and strict corporate reporting controls required. There is little room for overt risk-taking in that environment. The work of a crusader may be troublesome for a global bank for example, of which one was included in the research. In contrast, the reality is that all businesses face a future of increasing extremes of volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Disruption is ever-present. It is also a growing threat to the stability of every corporation. It's surprising therefore that there was no apparent demand for disruptors, but that is exactly what is needed in so many corporations today. Realistically, of course, it would be foolish for any corporation to entice an individual to seek to disrupt the organization from day one. The role of crusader therefore must be one that is filled by a CSO that has earned the trust of their colleagues, and in this area especially, comes with no predetermined job description. That individual must have the capacity to engage in such activities, but in cohort with the existing CEO and probably chairman of the board. It is at this juncture that strategy does become an art, more so than a function that is expected from an accountant or lawyer. At the end of the day, it is all about trajectories. Mars provides an example again. 
Ever since its restructuring back in the 2000s, the company has made sure it remains relevant by stealth. Now involved in nutritional-based healthcare, food brands, pet care, and snacks, Mars strategy practitioners can be considered to be corporate crusaders. Mars is prepared to, and does continually evolve and grow its resource base. At the same time, it is committed to conducting experiments in existing markets, whilst also contemplating or trialing a presence in new markets. Mars is not disruptive nor is it revolutionary. It does however evolve on a continual basis, in a state of transformation the SMI has identified as that of a state of continual regeneration. Mars roots can be traced to the year 1911, but as evidence of further crusading, it recently launched a new division referred to as Mars Edge. This is a scientifically grounded, nutritional-based health food business which is described on the Mars website as a division being built to help improve human health by bringing together the food we want with the nutrition we need. Mars Edge products, the website proclaims, are easy and enjoyable, and are not only based on the latest science and embedded in state-of-the-art technologies, but also powered by real data that delivers real results. An example of a Mars Edge product is Cocovia. It is a cocoa extract dietary supplement that supports healthy blood flow for heart and brain health. Cocovia however isn't a recent invention. It is the result of 20 years of evidence-based research. The determination of the role of the CSO need not be limited to any one category of consultant or business leader. It is a role that is well-suited to all-rounders who are capable of making all of the characteristics presented in this podcast their own. To summarize, they are 1. Keep a steady hand in problem-solving. 2. Be constantly on the lookout for and always aware of contemporary difficult issues that may become threats in the future. 3. Be conscious of and respectful to the pioneers of the business and the legacy that should be imbued within the corporate culture and thereby, an understanding of what the company should become. And 4. Constantly monitor the strategic imperatives that must be met to ensure the company will excel and grow into the future, through passive, or aggressive disruption if necessary. It is the latter requirement that calls for the crusader, and in view of the uniqueness of every corporation, is a role that the CSO will likely grow into. It is true that the role will benefit from fresh insight and fresh points of view, but no one can introduce and create change, unless they are a part of the company's culture and respectful of its DNA. While problem-solving is key to the role of the CSO, the task of responding through adaptation and prosponding through invention will be a natural component of that attribute. Individuals who rise to the challenge of pioneering of course will be highly regarded. The act of crusading however will require careful management and that is a skill that must be treated with caution. Yet that role is becoming a necessity as opposed to a feature. The role requires therefore, an individual who carries a high degree of courage and a strength of self-confidence. Its enactment will demand a lot of trust from supporters and the board, especially the CEO. Its conduct requires careful and thoughtful steps, a belief in, and commitment to expected outcomes, and a conscious management of strategic risk. At the end of the day, strategy is about the future, 
But the future is unknown so there are no guarantees. Journeys into the future must therefore include built-in parachutes. For use when the assumptions, guesses and estimates that went into the justification of prior strategic decisions don't turn out as expected. The CSO must craft their own role and their own future. That is though, one of the greatest attractions of the job, isn't it?